Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Damn, Towns had 62? In a loss to the worst team in the league. Shut up, I don't want to talk about it. We're, we're the worst team in the league. You're what? frozen. <laughs> you killed Terry. <laughs> that, is, that is quite the Terry look. I'm going to take a <laughs> screenshot of it. I'm going to make this the episode artwork. I'm back. Hey, you're back. Oh, now you're frozen again. I froze twice, so now I'm scared. All right, so let's let's go right into the intros. This short bullshit. Short bullshit. Hit the start. <laughs> hit the start. Hit the start. Hit the start. Hit the ad. Terry, hit the nene. Farva, hit the radio. Whatever reference you want to use, there will be multiple movie references. Classic comedies. Comedy of errors. Comedies of fun and opposite of errors and Exodus errors. New Beaver. Ooh, see how I see how I lined that shit up? Don't mess with <laughs> I got this. This is the 126th episode of the Belligerent Beavs podcast, and we are here. We will be joined by Beaver Legend on this episode. We will be toasting to current Beaver Legends on this episode. We are getting excited about baseball and softball on this episode. We are choosing to all kinds of shit and celebrating all kinds of shit. It is a very, it's a very festive and fun late January episode of the Belligerent Bees podcast. And I am Terry Horseman, and I am joined as I always am by my beloved co-host in Portland, J.P. Bertram on the ones and twos and up in Tacoma, Benjamin Lawrence, Sebastian Weehage. He's Benny with a good quaff and a thousand other nicknames that will be mentioned at the end because we don't have time for them right now <laughs> because we recorded this episode non-chronologically. Because we like challenges. <laughs> We're, this is like a Christopher Nolan movie. That's oh. how it needed to be made. There's levels to this shit. Mm. There are a thousand plot points. It's complicated. <laughs> Oh, no, it's not, because we're here. We have Oregon State men's basketball legend and current assistant athletic director of player development, Roberto Nelson, on the show tonight, today, tomorrow, this morning, this afternoon, whenever you're fucking listening to this, uh, <laughs> in your car, on your walk, while riding your Peloton. Uh, in wherever. bed. In bed. Mowing your frozen lawn. Mowing your frozen lawn. Mowing your frozen lawn for not a lot of money, Benny. <laughs> I just broke Benny with a very, very specific inside joke. For not a lot of money. Or baking while binging season three of I Think You Should Leave for the 47th time because you love this show. Um, <laughs> you love that show as much as you love this show. God damn it. It's the 126th episode of the Belligerent Peeves podcast. And we are so thrilled to have you here. Listener, welcome. Yeah, welcome. Wherever you are in the world, maybe welcome. it's frozen. Is it? You've got yo, mail. Jay, 
or Benny, you is that is the crazy ice storm still taking place in Portland? No, it's no it feels like it though, because my heater went out last night, and the HVAC guy isn't coming until Thursday. So, so Jesus. here's here's some advice, and maybe not just for you, but for any of our listeners, for and they might the experience this as well. Who have a fried HVAC right now? Yeah, so it's a condensation pan, and it has a float in it, and when the float has too much water in it. It kills your HVAC because that seems like a design flaw. No, it does it so it doesn't leak and then cause worse damage to the electronics. The little Uh condensation line that led to the exterior of the house had frozen on the outside, Mm. blocking it from draining. But HVACs, yours look pretty new, and HVACs that are newer have that auto shut off. And I was seeing the same thing. Okay, I'll take that advice. I'm going to look. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of blocking, Oregon State <laughs> left tackle Joshua Gray announces he's back for another hey, season. Hey. That's Let's huge. Go. You Big should get ways. Joshua Gray to fix your uh, HVAC, Benny. I bet he can do it. He also got engaged. Oh, congrats. He also got engaged. You got engaged this weekend. Yeah, man. So many awesome. things. To, so much lo- love is in the air. Yeah, it is in it the is. air. I, I can Tonight. smell it ab- above the frozen ice tundra that is Love Portland. is in the air. Roberto Nelson and his girlfriend having their first child, Joshua Gray, getting engaged. This is the order in which I am learning this news and not the order in which you are listening to this listener. <laughs> I love it when we record episodes that make JP do a, a little bit more work. <laughs> <laughs> This one's worth it. I say that having never edited a podcast, but this one is worth it. Yeah, it'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited to talk to Birdo. I am excited to talk to Birdo very much in the future, and definitely not in the past. From when you and I are talking right now, it feels like it's going to be a good conversation. I feel. I think it's going to be a great conversation. What do you think? What do you think we're going to talk about? I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do this anymore. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to bog down this segment. Congratulations, Joshua Gray. Maybe yes! I get That's the main one. Uh, wow. And also on coming back to build on the 44 career starts along the Oregon State offensive line. And we'll talk a little bit more about how just how big of a win that is for Coach Trent Bray and the rest of the Oregon State Beavers. But that is what I really wanted to start the show with because that just made me so goddamn happy. I was like waiting to see if Joshua Gray was going to get invited to the senior bowl or to see like what kind of draft buzz would be around him. So to see that he's back, we got number 67 locked in at left tackle, making it so that Joshua Dame and Jermaine Terry are returning to the offense in 2024. Also shout out to Jaden Robinson being the, the the lone wolf returning as a starter to the defense in 2024. I've been I was working. Hey, don't, on, don't leave out Newell on the offense. I'm not not just overall returners, but oh. Newell didn't start. Well, Isaiah yeah. Newell, who I do love, is also returning to to the offense. I know, and like we said, there, we get return of the like jam. Don't have only we have return of the, the return jam. Of so the like jam. We only have four returning total players. I'm just talking OSU about jam. I was working on a thing, <laughs> a, like a in tribute to a written piece in tribute to Jaden Robinson. But now I feel like I have to have Joshua Gray included in that as well because this, the sentiment is the same. Two guys that have been 
in and around the program since 2018, staying for another year with Bray and to help the program as best they can, which I think really does say a lot. And two, two players I, I think all of Beaver Nation is proud to have in the foxhole with them. So, Well, and, and I'll just say, like, I know we've talked about it, I think on the show, but certainly internally, and from other members of the Beaver fam that I've spoken with, the worry was the offensive line and having no returners come back and having the offensive line coach from last year leave. Although within the confines of this podcast, we have all the faith in the world of Kyle Devan, but it it was the area yeah. of the team where people were really nervous. And I think Joshua Gray has obviously the talent that we need coming back, but also the experience. So that is a massive massive win for Trent yeah. Bray and the coaching staff. I call it literally and figuratively the biggest recruiting win of of this cycle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So and I think it speeds the clock up for what we expect from Kyle Devan. And, and yeah. I don't think that should be overlooked either because I think it for at least from our perspective, we think he, he's a phenomenal coach and we're excited about what he's going to do to build on the legacy of having dominant offensive lines at Oregon State, one that he was a part of at one point. And being able to return a starter like that as a leader is it, it is going to like just accelerate at the speed of which his line will perform and perform well. And then he can use all that, of course, to continue to go out and recruit and bring in some great some great people. So it's a win everywhere. I mean, it helps the it helps the offense. It helps the coaches. I think it helps Joshua. So this is yeah. this is a great thing. We're happy to see him back. We're excited to see not just happy to see him back because he benefits, you know, the offense in any way. But like, I'm excited to see him back because I think he's going to build on, yeah, you know, a repertoire that he had already built over the last few years. So. It's right. going to be beneficial for him in, in his you know long playing career. Yeah. And I think we should just go ahead and finish talking about football now that we're already this far into it. <laughs> we're pretty much only talking about Joshua tonight. But he was in kind of that position, too, where I don't know where he would have gotten drafted this year. And you never really know. But he was showing up in a lot of different top 200 big boards. So probably a day three pick. I do think a lot of NFL scouts, just based on shit I've read, think that he will transition to guard at the pro level. But Jim Nagy, the director of the Senior Bowl, literally pointed out that both him and several other Senior Bowl scouts have him as an NFL start have NFL starting grades on him wow. uh, from from earlier this year. So. Yeah. Him coming back, it's not like there there's a there's always a chance that you go undrafted. And like no one ever really knows anything and the whole NFL draft process is just you know, smoke screen after smoke screen after smoke screen, and it's so difficult to know anything. And had he gone pro, there is a chance he would have gotten undrafted, but he's also one of those guys that like had he popped up in like late second, early third round, it wouldn't have been crazy either. And that is like the advent of NIL does make it advantageous to be in college and to position yourself for money in college. But like if you dominate on 
an NFL contract and then get to free agency in the NFL. Like that is the ultimate payday. Like NIL isn't, they're paying maybe two to three total guys in college football that, and those guys aren't playing football at Oregon state. So I think this is a bet on himself. I think it's a bet on Bray. It's a bet on the program. And, you know, I think it will work out great for him. And I think he can work his way into like being like a more consistent second and third round draft pick conversation in 2025 with just another good season. It gives him another year to continue to bulk up and build muscle and to play on a line. And, you know, it's, we've seen what the leadership of, this line can can do uh it's to me it's like having you know brandon kipper around for another year and guys like you know news kayabunum who really helped expedite the the process of this program growing so i wasn't expecting it i was sort of expecting to see him what all-star game he was going to or just the declaration and i'm just very happy to see that he's back yep yep so Welcome back. Welcome back. And we're going to talk about Reagan beers more too, but let's move straight into the Reagan beers segment. I I, am time traveling a little bit because I had a Bell's Two Hearted during a conversation that is about to happen, but now that is gone. So future Terry just shape shifted in here and stole this from me. (laughs) So right now I have a hams and an Oregon state koozie. Hey, that's (laughs) the most Terry drink. Exactly. It's it's an old school Benny koozie. It's my favorite koozie, and I and I love it. So that's 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 what I have right now. But future Terry will have a Bell's Two Hearted while an Oregon State legend joins the podcast. Wow. Nice. Wow. Yeah. JP. Hey, I'm, I, this is a bit of a throwback, but I don't know if I've had this one on the pod. But this is oh no, I have. But they've just changed all their branding. So this is. A Ninkazi. Sponsor the pod, Ninkazi, you Sponsor fools. the fucking Re- pod. Remember the early days of Benny only drinking Ninkazi? <laughs> and st- them still just ignoring it? Now it's different. Now the tens of listeners have turned into dozens of listeners. <laughs> yeah. I drink more Ninkazi. I drank more Ninkasi on this podcast in the first four or five months that we were recording than I have beers in general in the last year, I think. Bring it back. <laughs> yeah. Bring it back, dude. The Ninkasi? Yeah, I think I think right. this this new this new you would pair well with the Ninkasi. But I want to hear but let's hear about Jay's Ninkasi. Oh yeah, this is just table I, that. it's a Northwest IPA is what they say, but it's it in a small little script above that. It says total domination Northwest IPA. So essentially, it's a total dom IPA, which is a very T-dom. yeah original Ninkasi. I, I smoked uh, pot with T dom. Yeah, and you know what? You know, fuck Eugene, where yeah. it's made. But this is clearly why they won't sponsor the pod because they're cowards. They're cowards. They won't do it because they don't want to affiliate cowards. with anything Oregon State. Instead, they're just going to go sit on their lonesome selves. And miss the biggest opportunity that they've ever had as a business. The biggest opportunity you've ever had as a business. Yep. You you could be the new squirt. Well, you are being the new squirt. Yeah. Really. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you're on your you're on your way. Where Look no one what works happened there. to squirt. I can't yeah. find them anywhere now. 
JP, please play five seconds of the Squirt song. Oh, yeah. And preferably not the same five seconds that played the previous two times I requested five seconds of the Squirt song, <laughs> and preferably propane LP's verse from the Squirt song. I'm looking good, shot and noted. I'm a flirt while I take it to the telly when she says she won't squirt. <laughs> uh, Benny, it looks like you are having your usual 8.48 p.m. Monday night coffee. Um, it's, uh, it's tea. Tell me wrong. It's tea. It's, it's kava tea. tea. Oh, in okay. I like a, kava in a in, Hello Kitty mug. Oh, yeah. Because reasons. Yes. Hey, yeah. no, because how are you feeling? Oh, yeah, you were sick. Yeah, but you're great now. now. Yeah, now yeah. I'm feeling good. Yeah, I I was sick. I was sick on the pod last week that we were recording or just getting over it. Right. But it was like a kind of a cold. It turns out oh, yeah. it wasn't no, a cold. No load management for Benny. Turns <laughs> out it was COVID. I just had real mild symptoms. Oh shit! Did I know that? What? I don't know, but you, but Yuri has COVID, and she oh, has yeah, it bad, and she's oh, had it for shit. a long time. And I'm Embarrass still testing Yuri. positive, so I can't go out of the house and do anything. But I'm not sick, so you're just you fine. Know, sick. That's sick. Sick. <laughs> so how much MLB the show have you played in the last three days? <laughs> yeah, not I sh- has uh, the new MLB the show come out? I don't know. No, it, it was the no, first video game April. that came to my mind. Yeah, I've watched more it like should... news about oh. EA Sports, NCAA football twenty four, <laughs> and Grand Theft Auto six into... than I have played video games. Wait, is Grand Theft Auto six still not out yet? Dude. No, they just dropped their first trailer that had it. It had the it was the first YouTube video that had like 10 million views in one day in the first day. And I was like a hundred. I am shocked it was not a belligerent beeps YouTube video that (laughs) hit that mark first. Dude, what if we partnered with Grand Theft Auto? Oh, we were the three main characters. In you can Miami, go to Portland. Just getting no, sunburns. You can go to Portland Mission or Minneapolis one, log, or Tacoma. Log onto this laptop and record a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the mini game. Yeah, that'd be a mini game you just never leave. It's too much fun. Be I'll sweet. just do this. This is my video game now. I just do a podcast in a video game. <laughs> yeah, you just. <laughs> it's like Second Life. You're just. You're just achieving medial tasks that you would normally do in your life, but video game mode which makes it more fun yeah yeah I don't, it's like I don't how SimCity like turned the... us all to be like city administrators <laughs> in, in our fifth grade computer labs and we yeah. just like thought it was video games so it's super fun but yeah. really we're getting really familiar with like zoning politics and... <laughs> yeah or 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 the sims turned us into bob newbie murderers like it did to me <laughs> yo this i think the sims went too far the sims was fucked up I was yeah. the Sims fucked up. I made Bob, Bob Newby. Newby. Yeah, I mean, I made Bob Newby drink like fifty thousand cappuccinos in a row, and he was like, "I sped forward the time," and so he was like wandering around his kitchen like super fast, like bouncing off the walls, and then he just went to sleep, like in his in his house. He went to sleep, and I was still fast forwarding, and it fast forwards even faster when all the characters are asleep, right? And, and then it was he like, dies. No, he was just he. I I couldn't wake him up. 
he wasn't my character. He was just like a no, NPC of the game. In this and, new and, AI world you love so much, you will be tried for murder. Yeah. For doing this, I just <laughs> no. want you to understand that. I tried to, to I tried to revive Bob Newby so many times. He would pee himself while he was sleeping, and he would just lay there. Flies would come flying around his body. It was. He was murdered by a Greg Drigger. Yeah, no, Gray, no, Dave Grigger. Dave Grigger. <laughs> the Grave Digger. Dave Grigger, the Grave Digger. Oh, I'm I'm sorry for that. Well, anyways, cheers to Joshua Gray. Yeah, Joshua Gray. Woo, and Jaden Robinson, and Jermaine Terry, and Damian Martinez, and Isaiah Newell. Ooh, maybe and Joshua Jeff Gray's, Griffin. maybe Joshua Gray's nickname could Joshua be Grave Joshua Grave Digger. Digger. Oh. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Let's yeah. go. This is the best episode we've ever recorded. And we haven't even interviewed an Oregon State legend yet. Or have we? I don't know. Um, Maybe. Do you guys want to talk to Roberto Nelson? Yes. Yeah. Let's 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 go. Let's talk to Roberto Nelson. Mr. Nelson, what's up? What up, Roberto? What's going on? How you guys doing? Doing well. Good, doing well. Can you can you hear each of us okay? Yes. Hopefully my chair is not too squeaky. Oh, <laughs> you're good. Can't, can't, can't even hear it. The little game chair's got a lot of got a lot of work. <laughs> oh man. A lot of miles put into that thing, huh? Uh, yeah, for sure, for sure. You gotta, you gotta keep a fresh game chair. Absolutely. What uh? What, you, what game? What are you sitting what in are now? You playing? First, I heard what, what games do I play? I play a lot of yeah. shooting games. I like FIFA as well, but I'm more of a Call there of Duty go. guy. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm always on. I, that, that's my game. That's my game when I need to, you know, take some anger out or something. I just hop on Call <laughs> of Duty and have some fun. There you go. There yeah. you go. I just saw this dude. What's his name, man? He was. He's like a hilarious gamer who. Like is an insane sharpshooter. He's got like the mustache and the mullet, and he. Doctor and... disrespect. Yes, what is up with that guy? Dude, that's that, an incredible that's handle two, too. His name is that the is. two time. That's the two time man. And Mr. Two Times Champ, back to back. I think he won. <laughs> that's that's one of his. He's he's one of the best personalities, honestly, on the game, man. That I I was watching him. It's funny because I was in Utah actually, and the TV had YouTube TV. And I, you know, you can click the little strip, the gaming section. So as I was falling asleep, I was watching Doctor Disrespect. Come on. <laughs> sent a, I sent a little video to my girlfriend. She loves it. She loves that. That's dude. awesome. He's hilarious. Yeah, it's hilarious. That, that's the tab. I recently realized that there's a whole gaming tag in YouTube, and have now changed my algorithm up completely for YouTube. Oh, well, it'll change. <laughs> right. You'll have all. Of, yeah, it's growing. <laughs> it's definitely growing. It's it's it's. Yeah, Doctor has a, a gaming you know sector of their you know I, I don't know what what it necessarily is i think they're creating games at oregon state but now i know a lot of a lot of colleges now recruit kids for gaming now now they they recruit kids to yeah. come and play games now which sounds crazy right to like myself who's a little bit older and even my dad and stuff like oh you're playing <laughs> video games, you know get a scholarship for video games right but yeah it's uh it's the future and Wait, Oregon, Oregon State was already ahead of the curve too with the new media department and everything. And I say that as a, as a proud new new media, yeah, new media yeah. alum right here too. Media, Roberto, yeah. let's go! <laughs> I love it. I love it. But does Oregon State have an esports team then? Yeah, well, a club, I think they right? do. I, it's. It, I know they have a club. I think maybe they're close to having an esports team. We gotta look. We gotta figure that out. If not, we gotta we gotta yeah. start that up. We gotta figure out how we can how we can bring that out, man. There's My, some good games in Oregon, right? 
In I my, got a buddy uh, who's one of the best Call of Duty guys, and he lives in Oregon. So my, I mean, maybe not the same esports that they're playing right now, but there is an esports program at Oregon State. It's the it says it's the most competitive, award winning esports club at Oregon State University, and. <laughs> It with the yeah. most competitive esports. Cl- so, how many esports clubs are there at I, Oregon well, State? I don't know, but they play mostly like Call of Duty, League of Legends, Overwatch, Apex Legends. But there's a there's a varsity and JV team even, and what? they got cool. they got uniforms, man. It looks legit. But I that's, I yeah, uh, have planted the seed with my seven year old because we are height disadvantaged and oh, and size disadvantaged as well Berto. and so the the kid the kid can destroy like on all madden playing madden Ooh, yeah, yeah yeah so yeah. i'm like keep, that's, keep, that's it some skill. keep it up yeah that's some skill it's it's a it's gonna be i tell you what so i just had a kid a week ago and i i'm telling oh, you congratulations. congratulations thank you thank nice, you guys man and it, it's it's the new wave. I wish I could turn this around. I show you. I got three monitors right here. I built a gaming PC. You know, I got I got Oof. LED lights in the back. Yeah, I, I I did the whole thing, man. I enjoy it. It's you know, for me, I got into it. A, I, I was always a gamer, but got into it a lot when I tore my Achilles. But it's just a, another way to be super competitive. I don't know. I there used to be, especially in, you know, for NBA and NFL guys, there used to be a negative connotation that came with it, like he was a gamer and stuff. But I think now it's like, hey, I'd rather recruit a guy, bring him in who's playing video games at night with his friends rather than going out at the club with all the distractions and all the other things. So I think it's starting yeah. to change a little bit too now, and especially these guys being able to monetize on it a little bit. So, All right, Bert, I got a question point. on that. Who's who's the biggest gamer currently on the men's basketball team? <laughs> I would say, okay. <laughs> oh, man, I might get in trouble for this one. I might get in trouble for this one. So – I'm going to have to say Josiah Lake. And I say this God. only because uh, Jaden was doing well in Fortnite when I saw them one time. Yeah, I did the little bed checks and they were playing Fortnite. But then I saw <laughs> Josiah. Josiah had about 21 kills. He did 21 <laughs> kills. Yeah, he was legit. He was running every fight first. So I, I would have to say when it comes to shooters, I'd say probably JoJo. DC, DC is is pretty good we actually just recently got an n64 hooked up in the locker room so we've been playing yeah yeah so we gotta have a tournament one of these days to see who's the best but yeah we that'd be that'd be a good one and gold what about some gold night yeah we got gold night i want to get hang time though nba hang time that was a good game back in the day too so hang time 64 that i think the ultimate hot take is that hang time 64 was better than even nba jam at its peak i, Ooh, I think yeah. that's saying a lot hey, but i honestly hey, think you might get there Ooh, see that that's how you get it started right there exactly <laughs> okay. and we are getting it started with roberto nelson oregon state men's basketball legend uh we're here tonight not just to talk about video games yeah, <laughs> so roberto, but i mean hey i love this we we can we can we might need to start a new side episode gaming with Berto or something yeah. like that uh it. we are joined not only by a current uh, assistant athletic director of uh, player development, but also Oregon State legend, number six all time in points, multiple time All Pac 12 selection, all time Oregon State leading scorer with one shoe. Uh, we will be asking you about the one shoe game <laughs> at some oh, point God. tonight, Berto. Yeah, also, yeah. I believe the all time Oregon State leading scorer with uh, a sitting U.S. president sitting behind the Oregon State bench. That is that is another accomplishment that uh, that you have, Berto. 
and of course on uh, the the staff and was came back to Oregon State in September of 2023 and also is this baby number one for you guys are you new dad or just uh, I am I am a very new dad and a brand new dad oh, so let's new. yeah let's get a round of applause yeah, uh, laser noises JP post get let's get all the post production <laughs> hoopla for for Birdo new dad that's awesome congratulations boy or girl for, for you guys I appreciate the baby girl, a baby girl. Go. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. 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 Girl, dad, what's up? My girlfriend. Yeah. She's the, she's the champ. She's the champ. I was just sitting there cheering on, but she's, she's the champ. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild, man. It's a wild experience. That's for sure. Oh man. I, you know, you don't know what to think going into it and you, you don't know what to think while you're in it. And then after you're just amazed. Right. It's yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. yeah it's, it's a beautiful thing though. It's a, uh, we are all very blessed to be here. I tell you that for you sure. Know? Yeah. So, and mom good. and baby are both doing well. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They're babies. Baby's just she's sleeping downstairs, and they're there just rookie it's of the like, year. I don't know if you guys remember that baseball. Oh movie. yeah. Oh, oh, oh yeah, man. Rowan Gardner. Yeah. Oh, like ninety percent of this podcast is us just remembering like old movies <laughs> and old video games. So we already have a rookie of the year reference and a golden eye reference in this oh, episode. Yeah. Oh Rick, yeah. Rickma, Rickma could be one of the the best characters. Absolutely. Brickma, yeah, yeah. Brickma, she she laughs every time because I always used to imitate him sometimes. He's yeah. perfect. <laughs> Love that. Um, Thanks, but man. we we want to talk about some of your favorite memories of uh, of playing for Oregon State back in the day. Other also uh, your thoughts on uh, the current rendition of Oregon State men's basketball and the happenings this season. But as I mentioned, you you came back September of 2023. It's still you know pretty early in your return to Corvallis. So I'm sure all of our listeners who have followed you and know who you are and some of the younger ones who who may not, just sort of talk us through what brought you back to Oregon State this fall and just how has it been going in the new role? How is how is how is the how is the chair feeling? Being you know one of the you know, wise sages in the athletic department as opposed to being a student athlete enrolled in school in Corvallis. Yeah, no, it's it's fantastic, man. How it kind of came about was <clears throat> so when I left Oregon State, our coaching staff you know was let go, and the new coaching staff came in, Coach Tinkle, Coach Thompson, and a few others, and you know I would. I still had really good friends. Daniel Gomez is one of my best friends. You know, Jarmal Reed, some of those guys were still on the team. So I stayed in contact and I would always come back. And, you know, Coach Tinkle was always very welcome, welcoming, you know, as well as, you know, Coach Thompson with, you know, allowing me to come back and use the facilities whenever I wanted. They made it seem like even because sometimes there's that disconnect between new coach, former player, right? But that wasn't the case when it came to, you know, Coach Tinkle and the coaching staff. They were like, hey, man, come in, come work out with our guys, show them what you what you learned kind of thing. And as the years progressed, you know, I would come back and sometimes I'd do some individual workouts with some of the kids. And Coach Tinkle would, you know, look, look in through his office and say, hey, man, you know, great job. Thanks. And obviously I was really good friends with Trace and, you know, some of the other guys. So I got it in Coach Thompson's sons as well. So it just it was one of those things where. It made it made sense. I was working in commercial real estate too, so it was kind of tough. I was in the middle of jobs and transactions and stuff like that, and I got the call, and I'm like, "Wow!" Get a chance to go back to Oregon State and kind of, you know, be a mentor to some of these kids, you know, because it it was tough for me actually because I I tore my Achilles, so my playing career stopped because I tore my Achilles four days before I was supposed to go back over and play, 
So it was that transition from being a player, you know, not preparing for life after, right? Even though I would say I would be more prepared than most, but still you're never really fully prepared. It's like having a baby, right? You think mm-hmm. you think you're prepared until you have a baby. But I was I would say I was more geared and prepared than most. And when that happened, I kind of had to figure everything out really quick and then <clears throat> worked there for about a year and then got this call to come to come to Oregon State. And it's just kind of cool because you know, you hear about that and you always hear people talk about networking and planning for the next thing and how important that is, and, you know, and, and young kids development, because I think student athletes get a bad rap at, you know, focusing so much on sports. But that's that's like the focal point of what the what they're in at the current time. You know, like it it, it only makes sense to to get better each day if your mind's consistently thinking and being you know exhausted on this one thing right because there's so many other talents out there there's so many other things so like I said I think they get a bad rap but trying to find the time to network was just something that I did a little bit I didn't do as much as maybe I should have but I did just enough to to keep those relationships and when the opportunity presented itself I was very fortunate and it felt really good to be back I'll tell you that Bruno, did you are you relocated to Port or to Corvallis now? No, I still live in Portland, so I drive every day. Oh every man. Day, man. Yeah, yeah. Every day. So man. It's funny. The gas station off 34, the Chevron. <laughs> people know me now. They're like, they I have the app on my phone, so it's easy. You get the app, you, you can save a bunch of money on gas and stuff like that. So I pull up and they they see me and they give me the salute, like, hey, all right, I know you don't need to, you don't need your gas pump kind of thing. Even Tony, the guy at A&W, Tony and uh, Bridget, I think is her name. Yeah, sometimes. Hey, I, shout out I, Tony I, and Bridget. Yeah, <laughs> man. Yeah, for sure. So, no, man, I, I drive every day. Yeah. I still got the, my, my my Lincoln still holding up, so I'm hoping it holds up go. longer. Nice. You know? Yeah. With, with Matthew McConaughey. Got the Lincoln. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> we'll see so, how that goes. So, Berta, going going back to your time at Oregon State, it was sort of an interesting time because Oregon State had really struggled in, in basketball for a while until you came and it, and it you helped jumpstart the program. So what was that experience like being part of that rebuild and, and maybe share with us some of your favorite memories uh, as a player at Oregon State? <clears throat> well, like I think, you know, a big part of the, the success of the team was coaching in the players, you know. I was fortunate to be a part of the team and, and, and be a part of guys. I mean, we had, we have, I mean, to think about it now, we probably had about eight or nine guys who played professionally after college. Right. So we had a fairly, we had a really, really good basketball team, you know, and I, and I was fortunate to be one of the leaders, leaders on that team. But yeah, I mean, it just, some of the memories, ah, it's, it's tough. There's a lot of them it, from freshman year coming in. I came in with one of my best friends, Joe Burton, you know, and, oh yeah, yeah, that's my guy. That's my Love guy. Joe. Oh, but that's my guy. He just he he just sent me some funny Instagram stuff not so long ago. But he's still playing. <laughs> but yeah, I, coming in with him was super cool. Obviously, we played Compton Magic and stuff together, mm-hmm. and we're, we're both a big part of the reason why we both joined. And you know, just just those those early morning because we used to practice at four thirty in the morning. People don't know Oof. that every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Four thirty in the morning, so you had to be on the court at four fifteen. And the only day I was late was it was I think it was the second day of practice. We had weights early, early in the morning. And oh, gosh. So that after that, I never, never 
could sleep right. I still don't sleep right. I still wake up in the middle of the night sometimes having some PTSD. Or that. Yeah, say but, stressing about missing practice. <laughs> yeah, but no, man, it's just it's the camaraderie of the guys, right? It, it, that time in college is I tell these kids, man, like is is crappy as you may feel sometimes as as bad as things may go like this is a roller coaster it goes up it goes down uh, but this is going to be the best time of your life man college is is such a fun time you got so many different people so many different personalities you know at your at your fingertips you can go to the dorms here you got your buddies here you got your you team your buddies on the team you got people on the other teams and you got a coaching staff that supports you so this is going to be one of the best times in your life so you know you really got to take advantage of it but yeah, it, it it's hard to trump, I guess, playing in front of the president a bunch of times and going to the White House. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, wait, before th- that game took place, and I want to ask about the that game that you guys had a great win against Maryland at Maryland with with Barack. We can call him that now that he's not the sitting president, <laughs> right right behind you guys. But last regular season game of your freshman year, you what I still think is a freshman scoring record or maybe is the most points by a freshman since GP, yeah. but 34 points against the sun devils in Tempe. And you had been playing a lot as a freshman and had some, you know, had some nice games, you know, filling it up from three, getting 15 points here, 14 points there. But like, do you remember much about that game where you just exploded with a 34 spot as a, yeah. as a true freshman and just like kind of what was working for you that night, if you can still remember it all these years later. Well, I remember clearly I almost passed out because I was so tired. We had, we had an incident happen with the team where the disciplinary, disciplinary thing that, you know, coach was, was, was holding. And fortunately I was one of the people that didn't get a chance that, that wasn't on that list. And we had we played six players that game, and I think I was the oh, first. Oh, really? Full, okay. Yeah, full game. Yeah, so I had no choice to just go and play. Yeah, according to Basketball I'm Reference, cool. you did play every single minute. I'm now seeing the 40 oh minutes played here. Oh yeah, next to the, I, I've next never to wanted the, the media yeah. timeouts that bad. You know, we got a couple seconds. You know, uh, but no, like I said, I had great teammates, man. I think that game it was Joe Burton played with Joe Burton, Amari Johnson, Kevin McShane. Oh, my buddy Daniel Jones, who was a walk-on. That's my yeah. guy. That was. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we we had we had we we still had a good group of guys, and we just we were all buddies, so we just knew how to gel together, and and we didn't win that game, but we got really close, close to winning. But yeah, it was just fun. It was one of those games where you're just playing without without thinking, you know. And sometimes the ball goes in. And I got lucky, you know. You played forty. Omari played forty. Kevin McShane played forty. Uh, Joe Joe played 39 and Angus Uh, Brandt played 35 and Daniel Jones martyr provided six off the bench oh yeah oh yeah that's a big lineup by the way that's a huge lineup (laughs) that's a pretty big lineup yeah that's a monstrous lineup I think Daniel Jones is 7-1 Joe's like 6-8 Angus is 6-10 6-11 Omari 6-9 Kevin McShane 6-10 yeah that's a crazy lineup there that's a crazy lineup. Yeah, you're playing like the one, the two, and the three of that lineup. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I was feel moving like, around yeah. a lot. I was moving around. <laughs> Berto, going back to talking about you and Joe, Compton Magic, deciding Oregon State, like what did that conversation look like, at least from your perspective? What led to Oregon State and Corvallis being the place for you and, and Joe? Like what was yeah. it about the, the recruitment process or your visits? Or what was it? Well, so it's it's actually crazy. So I was committed to Ohio State, so a different OSU. I didn't actually get recruited by Oregon State. I never received a letter 
never spoke with the coaches. It wasn't until my former AAU coach, uh, David Grace, who was actually on staff with Oregon State, UCLA, Cal, Vanderbilt, he got the he got an assistant coach job at Oregon State. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> Oregon State wasn't actually a place that I was going to going on a visit. I was supposed to go to Washington. Hmm. So I was I was going to Washington. We decided we're gonna make this stop at Oregon State, right? I had already been to Ohio State on unofficial. I went when I went to football game when the foot when Ohio State was one and Michigan was two. It was a crazy game. And like <laughs> Greg Oden, Greg Oden and Mike Connolly were there. And, you know, I had a, a couple other places like Washington was on my list. Oregon, like I said, Oregon State wasn't actually on my list. And when I went there, I, I just fell in love with it. You know, it's I try to tell people this. We, we, Oregon State is like it feels like home no matter who you're who you are. Once you get there, it's, there's just something about it when the leaves change colors and stuff and, mm-hmm. and the campus is there. And it's nice and cool. The that breeze you get walking around campus and then the people, everybody's got their orange and black on. It doesn't matter if they're going to class or if they're at Fred Meyer or anything like that. They got something Oregon State on. It's just that atmosphere. You just, you know, you're you feel you feel like it's home and the people, the people outside make you feel like it's home. So I actually didn't go on my trip to Washington with Coach Romar, and I committed actually on the spot. I signed. I signed right then. And uh, no way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a, it was a, it was a big funny thing that I think they wrote about it in Sports Illustrated too. It was like, you got four thousand things of mail right from all these places, and then I signed Oregon State, who didn't send, who didn't send me one <laughs> mail. So when I played hard State, to get. Coach, yeah. When I got to Oregon State, I made Coach Rob make me a letter, you know, sign me a letter. And that was, that nice. was one of the things. My mom still has it. So it's pretty cool. That's awesome. That's, that's awesome. awesome. I feel like that's so, a common trend, though, with a lot of athletes who just, you know, give it a chance, right? You show up to Corvallis, you realize like there's, a, there's an aspect of the community that allows you to just be yourself, to focus on school, to focus on your sport to yep. appreciate the the people, your surroundings, the community, and you, you don't feel like you're getting bogged down or tired out by, you know, any sort of like celebrity madness or yeah, like a kind of remoteness, uh, even though it is a remote city in a sense compared to, you know, yeah. others. But yeah, I feel like that's, that's one of those I, I don't know, recurring trends that I've heard a lot from athletes. And it used to be a knock, I think on Corvallis for a long time, but it's turning a corner. And I think a lot of people have almost had too much, too much exposure, especially with social media and everything else that like, now it's like, Hey, I have like my respite here. It's my private place. I can stay to myself. I can do my own thing and no one's going to bother me. And it's, yeah, I think, I think you're spot on with what you realize and experience the same thing. Yeah. 100%. That's something I tell the parents too, of like people were trying to recruit. I say, Hey, listen, you know, do you, there's two things you want your kid to do, right? Or I would say three things. You want your kid to become a young man. You want your kid to to do well in the classroom where there's not a bunch of distractions. Oregon State still has distractions, but it's not like many. It's not like a Miami where you have all these other things going on. And to get better at, at basketball or sports or whatever it is, like it's really a place where you get to be a pro. Like for basketball, we got that practice facility. You can come in, turn the music on all night. It doesn't matter what's happening outside. It's still beautiful out there. It could be snow, rain, whatever the case. Those windows. Yeah, those windows are no joke, man. So, (laughs) I mean, if you want to get better, if you want to get better, then Oregon State's a a really good, you know, place to be. We have good coaching staff too. So I think, you know, that plays a good part in it as well. Yeah, that's awesome. That's that's great to hear. Um. So after Oregon State, you played in a number of different places, overseas, really all over the world. What 
what would you say was like your favorite spot in terms of like the fans, the culture, your experience? That was that, um, one's, easy. that one's easy. I love Italy, man. I love Italy. Okay. Oh, I man. was hoping you'd say that. I got a oh, wedding in Italy not. this summer, so I need some recs, oh. Roberto. <laughs> well, you, you just text me. I'll tell you. Depending on if you're going north sure. or south, the pastas the pasta is a little bit different. They have a couple different names, but uh, <laughs> the food, man, the food is oh, it's no joke. It's no, <laughs> it's no joke. I mean, it's so I played my my first year. So I played the summer league and stuff. I played with the Charlotte Hornets and then did went along to there until couldn't go anymore. Then <clears throat> decided I was going to go to Italy and went to Brescia, which is about an hour and a half from Milan. So, right. you know, it's really close to all the shopping and stuff. It, it, I tell the kids, too, and I tell them this, like, honestly, it's it's one of those places where, you know, you see all the designer brands and stuff, right? And as a young man, as a young man who's receiving money, you you know what you're supposed to do with it, but you don't know how or what to do with it. And even somebody, like I said, like myself, who knew it and did it, like, I think I spent more money than I should, but it was a great learning process for me because after that, you know, that, that was something that I always had in my mind. Like, I'm not, I don't wear Balenciaga. Like, I, I don't, like, that's not <laughs> yeah. anything, right? I was like, going to ask if you went straight to, like, the Dolce & Gabbana store. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. My girlfriend was coming up. I take her, I take her to go get a, a, a nice bag. I think I only did it once. She's not high maintenance at all. I think she still has it. But yeah, I only did that once. <laughs> actually we're in Paris for that yeah but uh, yeah I take it to the store and stuff and it's so crazy and it's you know but it was a good experience for me like I said I loved I loved Italy my first year was in Brescia which is an hour and a half from Milan and then the second year I played in Trieste which is on the border of Slovenia which is yeah it was it was really really nice I can't it's tough to say where my favorite place was there I know my favorite city is Rome that's Hell yeah. I could take you through Rome. We could go, I could show you everywhere through Rome. Yeah. I, I used to I used to hop on the train and dude, it's you can just get there right. like that. It's not like here where you want to fly to Arizona and it costs you four hundred bucks. Like <laughs> you, can go, you can go different places in Europe, you know, for sixty euros and yep. hop on easy jet and just fly there, take the train or something like that. So that's that was one thing I love. I got dude, to Rome. Rome. Rome is like my favorite city in the world, man. It's, it is yeah, such it's, an awesome place. It's beautiful, man. There's yeah. so much history. Like if you like history, then Rome is Rome is Rome is beautiful. For sure. Right. Uh, Verona is another another city that I like. It's close to Brescia, about 40 minutes. My girlfriend and I, we spent Christmas there. They have like a Christmas parade and they have a bunch of castles and stuff. Man, it's I mean, yeah, it's it's just different, man. And the people, right? The people are so they're so family oriented. You don't, you, you think about here. And I used to have a, a friend there and it was funny. I would ask her cause she lived with her mom and stuff. And I'm like, Hey, like, you know, what's that, what's that dynamic like? And they love it. Part of their culture is they live with their family and then they expand in their house. Right. So they'll build a second story or buy property right there. So they all stay close. And I'm like, damn, here we are. You know, as soon as you're 18, it's like, no, get out, get out, go figure right. it out, you know, go do something on your own. And in that, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't promote like, you know, equity for the family. Like imagine if, if we were like at 18, okay, work, build onto the house, add onto this, the net worth of the family and the things that we would have would grow. But we're like, Hey, you go over here, you go over there, you get your own, you get right. your own, but we get our own. It's, it's much different, different thing, but 
yeah, it's just great to see the cultures and, and you know, obviously taste the food. That's something that I imagine has to come into your day to day now as you're working with so many like young athletes, as mm -hmm. like basketball being a global game and even, you know, not to, to diminish your Oregon State career at all, but even to just, like play at a place like Oregon State, which gets overlooked a lot and not in a way that like, it's it's not like you guys went to the final four or anything like that, yeah. but you had you you had some great teams and put some great games on tape, and you got to go to all of these places and basketball yeah. being such a global game. Like, mm -hmm. I imagine that that's something that like conversations with parents and of course conversations with you know kids. Now I know every every eighteen year old basketball player wants to go to the NBA. I mean, yeah. I, I wasn't going anywhere <laughs> in, in basketball. And yeah. I thought I was going to go to the NBA until I was like 12 or something like that. Oh, God. Yeah, <laughs> Embarrassing. Yeah. Uh, a year and no, a half ago. No, you got to have a dream. You got to have that dream. But let's like be yeah. like, yeah, like you, you can play this game at this school. And then it's like you can you can go to somewhere like Brescia or like play in yeah. like these amazing places. Like that's like is, are, are those conversations that you're having with like current student athletes and, and parents of student athletes about the opportunities that away these kids uh after their college careers are over 100 percent. it's a conversation i have all the time with the kids every kid has that aspiration and i don't in my like i always tell people my goal isn't to kill the dream my goal is to just provide like a different perspective on what things could look like right because the worst thing i could do as a coach is say all you guys aren't going to make it only one of you guys have have a real chance to make it right that to me that's that's detrimental but to say hey listen it's not you can do everything right and still not make the NBA. You can. It's just it's just possible, you know. Right. So, you know, you can be, you can, you can, you can do everything, but it's it's trying to find your niche. I think that's what kids don't realize is even for me as a young kid, you know, I'm like, hey, I led the Pac-12 in scoring two years in a row. I deserve to be in the NBA. It's like, no, no, like. I'm not going to get to the NBA by scoring. I get to the NBA. Now, like thinking back, I get to the NBA by being a specialist in something. That's how you get to the NBA. Unless you're a top 10 pick, then you can do whatever you want. doesn't matter. But if you're not one of those guys that they're going to gonna really spend the money and the time and, and their money and all that on, then you got to be a specialist in something and see where you can help, really help the team. you got to show where you can help the team. That could be defensively, rebounding, altering shots, blocking shots, whatever it is, right? You see one or two guys who are the main scorers on the team, and then you see the other guys who are filling, you know, in those roles and those positions. So it's trying to get them to understand that. What about swapping stories with some of the guys? I mean, they were out in Italy what two years ago. So are you are you sharing notes with with Jordan or or Michael? Like what what's happening with the conversations around Europe with those guys? Man, I wish I wish I had a chance to go with them. And I was with the team then because I still have so many friends and stuff out there and they could have told stories about playing. <laughs> I probably played some of my old teams and stuff like that and old teammates. But uh, no, I mean, it's just, it's just letting them know. And I think since I started playing and now with social media, they have so much more access to these guys playing overseas that it's much more attractive than it was when I was playing. Right. right? Like it's, it's getting, yeah, it's getting the recognition now it deserves. There's, there's guys out there like Mike James, right. You guys will see on Instagram posts all the time who arguably could be an NBA player. Right. And you're seeing all these Euro league guys and former NBA guys playing overseas and stuff now. So it's getting more recognition with, with, with the growth of social media. Well, a follow-up question on that is, is like at what point, with playing overseas is like the work-life balance, you know, better about like 
playing overseas versus being, you know, buried in a bench in the NBA. I mean, obviously, like if you like if you like playing and you want to get out there and you want to get a ton of action, like that's the way to go if you're going to be, you know, the twelfth man on a team. But I, is it does it incre- is it increase a little bit along the bench versus like for some guys where they're like, hey, I still don't even want to be the eighth guy. I want to be out there being one or two, living overseas, having a good time, experiencing some new cultures and new places. Is that is that like a growing trend? I would say, so I, I think with that, it's maybe flopped a little bit with the amount of money the NBA guys on the bench are getting now, right? So these people are getting astronomical amounts on the bench now, which wasn't necessarily the case until we've had those collective bargaining things, you know, in the league, league just skyrocket. So I would say, depending on some guys, maybe, maybe they'd want to be on the bench, but it depends. It's all about where you're playing overseas and, you know, what track record they have, what kind of fans they have. I think it's more fun to play overseas than maybe in the NBA just because, dude, the fan. Like, if you pull up, like, Panathinaikos Greece game, you know, right. like, if you, so watch, if you watch those fans play, <clears throat> I played in Bologna, which they're, like, crazy fans. Everybody's smoking. There's, like, a big ring of smoke <laughs> around there. And it's like a dome. Everybody's <laughs> at the same time, you know. <laughs> jumping up the basketball the basket the baskets are shaking and they're all just screaming at you saying all these bad words in the different <laughs> you know and then the game winner against them oh man it was like it, there's no better feeling you know they hadn't lost in three years straight and i remember doing that and that was like a to me it was a stupid little layup like an easy layup i got lucky the luckiest shot ever but like to be in an environment like that where you wouldn't ever get that in the nba it's just so much fun, man. It's so much fun. You see these guys in EuroLeague and these teams they have to play. Oh, man, it's scary. They're lighting fireworks in the middle of the game. You know? I've seen <laughs> clips of that yeah. where they're just like flares up in the rafters. Yeah. yeah, imagine you're shooting a free throw and you shoot a big old stick of dynamite up and it's just blowing up everything. <laughs> yeah. hey, we got to get Sarah O'Connell doing that at Gill. I was saying, let's bring this yeah. to Gill. Yeah. Yeah. Like, That's what I wish. I let's wish. be the innovators on yeah. this. Yeah, so, <laughs> throwers right, right up above the free throw line, just you know, yeah. coming down on, on the opponents. There should don't be have, fireworks have in the backboard. I'll somehow get get in trouble for that. So yeah, we got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sarah, so, this is our fault. Please do not blame Roberto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, this is a disclaimer. Yeah. So, <laughs> Roberto, you you had mentioned leading the Pac-12 and scoring two years in a row. Obviously, that's a conference that's no longer going to be a conference next year. I would imagine you probably share the same sentiment that that we do. Very sad to see it go you know, a conference with a lot of history and, and you being a big part of it. What is, what's the vibe on the team? Is it something that is talked about a lot? Is it something that they're looking forward to? Maybe some apprehension about it. Just talk us through what, what the players are thinking right now. I think the players are feeling similar to everybody else, you know, regardless of, you know, if they haven't had that long in the Pac-12 or if they're just joining the Pac-12, the weight that the Pac-12 hold, I mean, it's the conference of champions. This kind of speaks for itself. And the great players that have played in it, you know, they, they, you know, they're in the league of their own, some of these guys, you know, so the weight that it holds is tough. It's to me, I wish it was more of a football thing where they would make these mega conferences or these, you know, these, these, these huge conferences for, you know, football reasons. I wish they did it more so for one thing or for one particular sport, which would be football. I think that makes the most sense. But like I said, those are the things that are out of my control. And, you know, I'm, I played in the 10, the pack 10 as well as the 12, 
I, yeah, it sucks, man. It definitely sucks. How it's, how it's, how it's built just makes sense, right? You know, you go Washington, you play, you go to Washington State, Washington, you go to Arizona, you play Arizona, Arizona State, you go to the Bay, you play Stanford Cal, go to SoCal, you know, you play USC and, and, and UCLA. So, you know, I mean, maybe I think we, we missed a, a chance with Texas and Oklahoma joining, which would have, I think it, no question would have been the best conference top to bottom, maybe basketball and football a couple of years ago. And then maybe, I, I don't know, like I said, maybe mismanaged the, what we thought was going to be the number for TV revenue. That These are only the things that I'm reading. So I don't know, but yeah, it, it sucks to see it go. I think, and I'm hopeful that it comes back. We never, we obviously, we don't know with, with the dynamic of where college sports is going right now. Yeah. But I do believe we had a really competitive conference. I do believe we had a respectable conference, one that everybody, you know, knew and one that everybody respected, you know, throughout the, it was something that everybody knew about. They knew about the PAC 12. So like I said, it's sad to see it go, but I'm very, I'm, I'm interested to see, you know, what's next. Yeah. I was going to say one of my, one of my thoughts on it, especially for, for basketball men's and women's is that, you know, getting into the postseason in the tournament is it's a it's a much wider you know scope of of teams that can that can make that. So, part of me always is wondering like, all right, we joined the WCC. Okay, you know, there's some definitely is some stiff competition there, just like there is in the Pac-12. But yeah. like maybe there's an opportunity to be the one, just at least at the bare minimum, the new team coming in there's not a ton of tape that these coaches have had year over year over year on what we're doing right or what kind of players we've got what kind of players we're running what kind of sets we've got and so maybe we have an opportunity to like sneak a couple you know wins out in this season the next season for example and and, and you know pad pad the win number per se yeah. and, and i think like for example i think football is we've st we've seen that come to fruition now that it's the off season that there are a lot of guys are buying in like hey do we have an opportunity actually like this is this is a detriment in general but like maybe that we can be opportunistic about this and sneak into the cfp and so i'm curious about if i mean maybe it's just still too early of course you guys have a full season still pretty much ahead of you so like <laughs> like but is that something that like the coaches are talking about there's something that you're considering is like Hey, maybe a change of scenery might do us well for, you know, the next couple of years while this is an interim basis. And yeah, we'll be, you know, one of those 64 teams that is, is it sneaks into the tournament. Yeah. I, you know, I, yeah, I think so. I, I trust, I trust, you know, it sounds like what Joe and B said, trust the process, but I trust, I trust the vision that Scott Barnes and, and Kimmy have, you know, I think, I think with us joining the WCC, uh, I think it, Maybe right from a tournament, you know, pool standpoint, maybe we can get those amount of teams that we would get normally from the Pac-12 with us and Washington State joining. You know, I don't know with the Pac-12 being out of there. So that's something that, you know, maybe we could look forward to instead of them getting two teams, you know, historically, uh, maybe we can get four teams. Right. That I don't know. So but that all remains to be seen and how we plan the preseason and all that stuff. But like I said, it's it still gives us the opportunity. I think the cool part is we'll be playing a lot of games. You know, we'll be playing a lot. Of, we'll be playing a couple of games close, right? Yeah, I think we get to, yeah, we'll be have Gonzaga maybe be able to come to Oregon State, which yeah, we, 
should be That'd fun, be cool. right? So we we, we will be there game. for sure. If oh yeah, Gonzaga at Gill, like we're oh, yeah. we're there for sure. Yeah, see, I mean that's so we got we got some stuff to fill Gill, and then and then our job, you know, with the coaching staff is to figure out an exciting preseason, you know, schedule that you guys would want to come see too, with maybe some of the teams that we play in conference, right? So, uh, it, you know, yes, it's gonna it, it sucks to have the Pac-12 go, but I think with bringing in some of these cool teams that we've never played before and played in Gill, uh, it could, could make for an exciting scheduling of a season. I'll tell you that. Yeah. I mean, I, I think if, it, if we want to compare it a little bit, it's like a change of scenery as if like going playing overseas, right? You get to have some exciting different matchups, experience some different fan bases. I mean, I live in Portland. The other guy, Benny's in Tacoma, Terry's in Minneapolis, but like, you know, being able to just go to Child Center and catch the Beavs play. Terry and I went, at least when the, when the women's team was there during the uh, PK85 tournament or PK, whatever tournament was. Um, last year, and that was my, yeah, last last, last Thanksgiving year. We got to, we got to see Caitlin Clark. Caitlin Clark played. Uh, yep, 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 yep. Yeah. My dad became and, a fan after that game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She was dominant, dominant. She's all and, right. Yeah, she's yeah. she's a decent player. Yeah, hope, I hope I hope she's not injured from the, the fan selfing into her. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Gosh. But, but like, my, but my point is like, I think this is an exciting thing. I think for Oregon State fans, like, there's some new yeah. places to travel to. I mean, playing St. Mary's would be cool. Like, yeah, obviously Gonzaga's gonna be awesome, and playing close to at least my home, and I think a, a majority of Oregon State alum in Portland being able to go to Childs and catch these games for both men's and women's is is a is a unique opportunity that's also like clearly has a, a time constraint, right? It's the two seasons yeah. that are committed right now, and. I mean, maybe at some point when things change again, like there's more matchups that occur that, that we'll be able to see games like this. But at this point, like you have to just take it as this. This might be the only two seasons that we're going to have this opportunity to do this. So take advantage of it. And yeah, I think I think it's a really cool thing. I mean, yeah, if we have some if we can if we can fill Gill for Gonzaga or or others, I mean, it, like, again, it's it's a limited opportunity. It's a, it's a great time out. And. It'll be it'll be a lot of fun. I th- I'm I'm looking forward to to those. I mean, I'm looking forward to this season still, of course. But like, I'm looking forward yeah, to seeing what right. those what the change of scenery <laughs> is like as from a fan perspective, at least. Yeah, 100. I think it it's gonna you know we'll still be able to play the teams and some of the teams that we normally schedule in conference. I think that that's what things may shape out to be. So, and I think we'll be able to mix those guys. And then if we, like I said, if we get Gonzaga and stuff coming, coming to Corvallis, you know, I mean, a few of those other teams that, you know, are really good. Then I think, you know, it'll provide, it'll provide some excitement. And if we could provide some excitement on the court too, then Gil will be filled. Trust me. For sure. Yeah. And I'm all about looking forward, but before we let you go, Roberto, we have to look back at least, at least one more time. Talk to me. Oregon State against Stanford. Oh, yeah. Early in the game, you lose the shoe, and don't <laughs> don't leave the game. Don't check out of the game. Don't like gesture to the ref or anything. But not only hit drill one three, <laughs> but drill back to back threes. Yeah. <laughs> in a game, another game. We're not going to talk about the end because we we I believe the three of us were all there. Um, I think yeah, this I was right there. after we had, I, you, I know you were there. <laughs> you, you, you were putting on yeah. a show. Um, I think that was the four overtime heartbreaker to Stanford. But so when you're on the court and you lose a shoe, 
like how much like is your equilibrium thrown off and then because <laughs> well, <laughs> i don't think most people under, re, truly understand running up and down the court with you know uh, having traction on your foot that you're used to and then all of a sudden all of that traction going away and also being and shorter like on one inch, side yeah. <laughs> and losing like like half an inch <laughs> to an inch or whatever it is but also drill like just like what's going through your mind in that like minute and a half to two minutes and did you think about playing on one shoe again after that given how hot you were <laughs> from three without without a without without your left i believe it was your right shoe your left shoe yeah. i believe it was your left yeah well to answer your last question absolutely not i did not ever think about playing without a shoe again i would say that you know, since we just, since we, this is the best way I could explain it. Since we just had an ice storm here in the Pacific Northwest, imagine that sheet of ice over, you know, that asphalt and you're trying to walk on it. That's how slippery it is. Cause I'm a sweaty guy too already. <laughs> My left foot is a little slippery, but I got the, the you know, the, the traction on the right. I was just surprised that they didn't stop the play and, and Jared Cunningham threw it to me in transition. <laughs> um, so of course, I gotta shoot it, right? I gotta right. shoot. I made the first one and got lucky, and then I got lucky again with the second one. So was the second yeah. one like a heat check? Were you like, can I do this again oh, with one shoot? Yeah. Sometimes there's, there's sometimes it's just you gotta you gotta let it go. Sometimes you just gotta and I and I let it go. I wish I didn't have my shoe at the end of the game because I missed a I missed a shot at the end of the game that would have sealed it. Actually, I still remember it was on the right side corner in the corner god i was there all night after that i was so mad but that was a fun fun game man four overtimes in stanford yeah those some of my guys on that team too that was a fantastic team they're well coached they had some they had like two or three nba guys on that team as well too so stanford was always tough to play but yeah i right i don't, I don't ever foresee myself shooting or playing without i rewatched that whole sequence as we're getting getting ready to have you on the show, like where did your shoe even go? I I, I couldn't trainer find grabbed it. The, the trainer. trainer grabbed. It? Okay, yeah. I, the, my coach always used to make fun of me after. He's like, "Well, good thing you're not super athletic, you know, because you don't have to worry about jumping much." So I was like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's that's a good one. I was like, yeah, that's yeah. actually true, coach. If I was athletic like Jared or something, man, I would have definitely. <laughs> close to the ground right. just barely jumping i'm like an old man i got the old man game there would have been a full timeout for jerry oh yeah we would have definitely the ref right. all the time yeah for sure the, the, the refs would have wiped the floor just to make sure there was nothing slippery after having yeah. one shoe off 100 <laughs> though imagine an alternate universe you know jared cunningham uh, kisses the sky and just no does it like yeah. with one shoe on yeah it was Man, like that would have been so cool. It was that, already uh, really cool. I was showing the guys his dunks, man. Like that dude is that dude was first it helps having Joe, right? Who's just the best passer I've ever played with, ever. Yeah. Like from kids to professional. And then he's just a freak. He's a freak athlete, man. He just he had he had a different type of fast twitch muscles. So <laughs> How how would you compare uh, Dex's dunk the other night oh. against Stanford with Jared's? That okay. that was insane. That one was insane because he got two steps. I tell you what, man, Dexter, that dude has some crazy. He has sneaky bounce. I always get him in practice if he doesn't dunk, and you know a day or two. I'm like, hey man, can you can you actually dunk? Do you still know how to dunk? I'll come up to him. He's like, come on, all right, I'll get you. I'll get you. Um, gosh, that's a tough one. The, 
so am I comparing it to the kiss is the sky that one's that one, that one that's probably one of the best dunks I've seen because he went up over Brandon Ashley I think and another guy it was, yeah he it was like three Arizona guys right and he just went that's up right over it was the Arizona and then yeah. he split, he on the fall he slid 30 feet into the bench yeah, yeah, yeah. Too. Like, <laughs> legs I think the cool thing about both those dunks is it was on the Oregon State bench side so you got to see the reaction and the oh, reaction yeah. with Dexter's dunk man like I, that I that crazy. was incredible I went crazy man I, I think <laughs> yeah. you know that that, that that kid you know you're gonna see some more dunks like that he's 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 been working hard he was in the gym working really hard this morning too so you're gonna see some more stuff like that from dexter Connell. i can i can tell you that so eric Connell, eric Connell, eric Connell, love eric Connell. yeah and that shirt idea jay there you I go. Know. hey yeah maybe we'll put some <laughs> in the merch store That's yeah. right. we, hey, got, we got to get that going cool. yep for sure and i guess that goes in perfectly to you and we, we've had you longer than intended, Roberto. So we got to let you go. <laughs> Sometimes, although you're you're welcome back anytime. If you, hey want man, to, I appreciate it. You guys have me on whenever you want. Talk about games and uh, video games and old Dunkston and all that kind of thing. But you got it. Obviously, we were hoping to have you on on a, following a little bit more of a of a victorious weekend. Yes, but. For the Oregon State fans, obviously we have some of the best fans in the world who have been following this team and have been will support the team through thick and thin. For those who are, you know, maybe like waffling a little bit, we talked about O'Connell's dunk. Jordan Pope is obviously a player that we would love to nerd out about any day of the week. We love his yeah. game. But just from your seat, being up close and personal with the team, even though we're coming off of a, a difficult weekend, we've come off of difficult weekends like this before. Yeah. Uh, what are what are some more like reasons for Oregon State men's basketball fans to have hope, or what is some hope to hold on to for the rest of this season? And then we alluded to future seasons and future opportunities as well. But just what are you know from where you're sitting, being in practice, and you know getting to have those moments with Dex or whoever else it might be like what What are some things that you about this team that you are really bullish on for the future yeah i well here's the thing i mean we we came out that's a tough first off that's that's the hardest road trip i'd say in the pac-12 it always has been utah's always tough in colorado they're both they're both tough and they're both at elevations and, I, and no excuses on our travel and stuff we had a really tough trip getting there but it, it's it's tough and i think well with basketball sometimes you get in a rut and i think going into I think we're we're in a little bit of a rut we hadn't had the practices that we need you know and, and coaches doing a fantastic job of getting their minds right and getting their minds prepped and ready for for the for the next season and we had a fantastic practice today I mean coach 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 drew up a game plan for practice this morning that got these guys fired up energetic and you know energized and we pushed kind of the reset button on that last trip and said hey listen that doesn't happen anymore and the good thing is, you know, you're not seeing guys, you're not seeing a team, right, that's giving up, that's sitting there pouting, that's hanging their head. You know, these kids right. are these kids are showing up, these kids are working hard, and, you know, we've proven that we can compete and play with anybody in this league. So it's just a matter of putting 40 minutes together and not going through that little spell of the game where we'll be scoreless for four or five minutes. I think that's that's been a thing for us that, you know, <clears throat> has kind of, been the difference maker between some of these games just a couple of minutes in the game and you know once we share that up i think you know you'll see us you'll see us pull out a lot more dubs especially in gillen in a way as well and when 
one cool, little last follow up, Berto, before we let you jump. But like you, you talked about the the minute spurts that where you know that just you know maybe things aren't clicking and whatnot. And you also you talked about a big who was a great facilitator and passer and Joe Burton. But what is it though that I I've at least put together watching the games where I feel like when Casey Beckway is on the court, things move, things happen. The, yeah. the offense seems to be clicking. They find the right space. When he's not on the court, whether it's foul trouble or just resting, it does seem to stagnate a little bit. Is, yeah. is he that same kind of facilitator to you? Is he that important to the offense to keep things rolling? I would say their games are a little different. I think, like, Joe, Joe, Joe's, I'm telling you, like, Joe is an elite passer. It doesn't matter what position you put him at. He's he's the best passer. If he's the point guard, if whatever he is. So I think, I think Casey has – has glimpse of being able to pass, but I think Joe's that's been something that's been Joe's DNA for a while. Now, as it pertains to throwing it down and being in the post, Casey at is unstoppable, man. That dude's a force. He's a force. And when he plays well, we play well. And it's just, you know, this is his sophomore year and it's just mm-hmm. trying to get that confidence in him. Right. It, it takes, sometimes it takes a little while and it takes a couple reps and, Granted, we played some of the best, the biggest and best big man in the league. You know, some of those dudes, he, he played well against Bona. He played, he played well against, you know, USC, but like, you know, Lampkin is, Lampkin is a beast, you know? So yeah. I think we have trouble with that and we played some freshmen, you know, and it's about, it's about them getting reps and getting and, and filling the, you know, the game out as well too. So I think, you know, coach is doing a good job of implementing, bringing in some of the freshmen we brought, we started Thomas, you know, the last game. And he's he's got a knack for the ball. You know, he, he'll find it anywhere. He'll go get it. He plays super hard with a great motor. So it's just once we start getting the guys, you know, in full strength and, and and you know, getting guys moving around within the offense, I think, you know, the ball will find the cup. So Cool. Love it. Absolutely. All right. Well, Roberto Nelson, this has been an amazing conversation. Thank you so much. Yeah. Appreciate it for stopping with us giving us some time facetime with a legend especially one week after having a baby i just i i I, i'm so happy for you and also just so grateful uh for for the time congratulations to you and and your lady on on baby girl nelson for sure because that's that that that's big time and yeah thank you guys thank you you guys are the best i appreciate you Awesome. All right. Well, we'll have you on again for sure, Roberto. And we'll be a big opportunity at Gill this weekend against the Arizona schools. So, yes. Nation, you know what to do. Phil Gill. Yeah. Phil Gill, show up, show out, make make it loud, make it nasty. And it was against, it was against Arizona when Jared kissed the sky, right? That was in Arizona. Yep, so game. Maybe we get a car. Right, Dex. Yeah. Dex, yeah. come on. Dex, Eric Arizona. Hey. Ericano, not Americano, Ericano. <laughs> That'll be the shirt. Dex, right. you do that. You ha- throw down a nasty ass dunk against Arizona on Thursday, and there will be a Dex themed line of oh, yeah. not yeah. Americano, Ericano shirts on the belligerentbeeves.com slash merch store. With all proceeds go- going going to damnation and going to Dex Ericano. So let's go. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's do it. We know you'll pass the message along, Roberto. And uh, thank you again so much for yes. spending the time with us. That's been Roberto Nelson, ladies and gentlemen, at Berto1202 on Instagram and Twitter. Give him a follow and support Oregon State men's basketball as always. Thank you so much, Roberto. This has been awesome. Much Thanks, love. Roberto. Go Beavs. Go Beavs. Go Beavs. Thanks, Berto. Appreciate it, man. Talk to you guys. Have a good night.
Bees right off. Dude, he's awesome. He's so <laughs> nice. He's cool as hell. I, I was I was looking shit up when we were talking. Joe Burton is playing in France for a team that Bruce Bowen also played for at the end of his career. So, oh, there you go. Joe Burton. And then, There's yeah, something. The next Bruce Bowen. Joe. <laughs> And the and the past Bruce Bowen, the past <laughs> yeah, Bruce the Bowen, last Bruce Bowen, and the next Bruce Bowen. <laughs> uh, we have so much fucking more to talk about. Hit the ad. Hit the ad. Hit hit the hit, hit the Dougie. Hit the Nene. Hit the ad. Stop telling me. To, I listened to our full last episode. I didn't hear a single <laughs> ad. What the hell is happening? Tell me to hit the ad, and there's no. Ad. I'm waiting for the new ads. Hit the ad. Hit the ad. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm so happy we just talked to Roberto Nelson for 48 minutes. <laughs> that was, that awesome. was a long interview. I, am, I'm, I need to hit up Roberto for those Italy wrecks. I'm going to a wedding in Italy on June 1st. And Where in Italy need, are you going? The wedding's in Tuscany. Oh, dude. I'm very, very excited. My sister got married in Umbria. Oh, which is right. right by Tuscany. Ooh. Yeah, dude. Yeah. It they is also made soccer part- shirts. What was this, Umbria? That's Umbro. Umbro. Oh, Umbro. <laughs> Close. Yeah. They still look um, Umbro is still very much a brand. Oh, I don't have any of their gear. Umbro, sponsor have, the pod. Can you can, wait, your sister your sister is in Umbria currently? No. No, my sister got married in Umbria. Oh, she got I married. I remember in that. Okay. Yeah. And it tell her, is tell her to the email me fucking coolest part of Italy. I've only been to that part of Italy, but it is the coolest part of Italy. Nice. Can we talk? Yeah. I mean, we can talk for the rest of this episode about stuff, cool stuff I can do in Italy. Uh, no. Listener, if you've been to Italy, tell, tell me where to go in Italy. There is there is an Oregon State bar in Napoli. I'm pretty sure. Is there? Or like it? There's a deli within Oregon State. Yes. Like Penn that's right. Up. Yep. I believe it's I believe it's in Naples. Yeah, I believe it's right. in, and we're for sure going to Naples as part of the trip. So. Oh, cool. You should give him a Belligerent Beef sticker. If you or are the pennant. person, pennant. On, pen, pen, it's, dude, yeah, send me all the updated shit, and you I'll bring it stick to a Belligerent Beef sticker on one of the houses in Pompeii. It will be there forever, and people will see it. A lot of people go there. I hear oh. it will. So welcome to I our will, marketing brainstorm session. Listener. I will tag the entire nation of Italy in Belligerent Beef stickers. <laughs> You're going to jail. I can't wait. I'll be going to Speaking. Italian jail for promoting this Oregon State podcast. Yeah, they give you wine and pasta every I, day. Three I meals am, a day. I'd be thrilled. I am the, I am the new Amanda Knox. <laughs> I think Italian <laughs> prison is pretty shitty. It's, it's, not, it's not a great time. Not the one based, I was in. Based on what Netflix taught me <laughs> through the Amanda Knox trial. Uh, <laughs> Benny, I think you were trying to say something helpful. Oh, yeah. Let's, Speaking let's of Roberto Nelson, I'm... Should we talk basketball? We should talk basketball. And like Italy, because there was a team who was in Italy last year. This oh. year? This last summer. 
this last was summer? it this last summer? Do we, do we want to talk about good basketball or bad basketball? Or, well, let's or talk about good vibes, um, or bad vibes first. Let's talk about the men's team first. Okay. Save the best for last. Yeah, not a great trip to the mountains. We touched on it with Roberto a little bit there. Historically, a difficult trip, but two blowouts back to back in Salt Lake City, and then again in Boulder, which sees your Oregon State men's basketball beeves at nine and nine. And I gotta say, this stretch with you know the overtime loss to Stanford at home. And the losses to Utah and Colorado. I, I know the the trip to Utah and Colorado is always a difficult trip, but those are three teams that once we had seen a good amount of non-conference take place, I thought those were all vulnerable teams. Yeah, that it wouldn't have been crazy for us to finish on top of, or at least get wins against, and for us to lose against Stanford the way we did in a tough game, but a game that was there for the taking and then lose the way we we did at Utah and at Colorado. I know it's difficult. I know it's elevation. And I, I, Roberto mentioned it was a tough trip in to Salt Lake and into the mountain region, but man, yeah, for this season, the purposes of this season, I don't really know what I'm holding on to anymore. And yeah. what I th- and that can change. Yo, you beat Arizona at Gill. Like uh, not only me, but uh, droves of Beaver fans are back in. So the opportunities yeah. are still there. And it's college basketball. Like that shit happens. But I was really looking for something in this weekend with men's basketball, and I don't think we even came close to f- being in the neighborhood of that something yeah yeah yep. i agree i think i would say that this weekend was a massive disappointment and i think my position on this team is still let's i, I and i know the fans are becoming quite agitated and irritated and bothered by some of the performances recently over the last few years trends that have kind of carried through this entire coaching staff's reign over the program. And I totally get them. And I, and I also agree that there's something that there's something to them and, and it might not be great, but I think, I think when, where there's an area that is a challenge, you just have to find the areas that you excel and, and step further on them. If you can't change the areas that you are struggling and, and right now this team is clearly struggling on the road clearly struggling on the road and has been this is a new revelation like i'm not i'm not (laughs) pointing out something that no one else knows but what i'm hoping for is to see like can we still win the games at home can we still win the games that we should at home can we still upset some teams at home because if we do that that is still that still makes a decent season and not just the wins and losses which are important and they're also feeling more vital this day and age because of how much Wins drives drives interest, interest drives viewership, viewership drives revenue, blah, blah, blah. I want to see these guys develop. I have said multiple times on the show that this is a young team. The women seems a young team, the men seems a young team. And as somebody who always had a lot of faith 
in young teams and look some of them most of them almost all of them didn't pan out with the warriors but i always wanted you know ike diagu to become a star and i was i was determined to watch him into stardom and and cheer him on a stardom. and i feel that way about this team as well but not in the same way of saying like this is i'm just it's phony hopefulness it's truthful there are guys on the scene that can that could be stars in the Pac-12 if it still existed, in the WCC, in college basketball. And I just want to see their development. And if they can all do it together, we said this last year with Glenn Taylor and Jordan Pope and Bill Doe in, in a sense, if they can all do it together, that the team can turn a corner quickly, 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 quickly. And maybe not this year, maybe not at a, at a time that is reasonable for fixing anything that needs fixing. But in the future, in the near future, and so yeah, I, I I'm disappointed with this weekend's performances more than the losses because I think I expected the losses in a, in a way, which is sad to admit. But I also would, didn't see enough from not enough for a, a victory, but enough of first development or you know players just improving, and that's that's just doubling down the disappointment. And yeah. I agree with everything you guys said. I think weekends like this, you know, always get me to start contemplating about the following year because I think Terry, it was your point that it it's hard to see where the spark's going to come from at this point. The team has a lot of talent, I think, but they're also young and it, 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 does look like they're still learning to play with each other to a certain extent. I do want to infuse a little bit of hope with the Beaver fam in this, though. We talked about it a little bit with Roberto about the move to the West Coast Conference. And I think Oregon State needs just a spark of something new. I think basketball, unlike football, you can actually thrive in like a mid-major conference if you play it right Oregon State's going to have a lot more NIL money to throw at players than some of these schools in the West Coast Conference so you're are you're almost flipped on the other end of what you're you've been dealing with for uh, since we were Oregon State fans right and so if if coach Tinkle and the staff play this right I do think that they can hit the reset button they can make these next two years following this one really special and build sort of a new culture at Oregon State because right now, it, other than that trip to the Elite Eight, that magical trip to the Elite Eight, it feels like it feels like we're the doormat of the Pac-12, and I think we need it. We need a change. I know I see right. people out there. Saying they want this change or that change, but I do think a conference change is, is really going to help. It's biggest for men's basketball. Like it makes the most sense for men's basketball. And like yeah. you unfortunately can't go a la carte conference affiliation for <laughs> all all of your sports. Yeah. Maybe there's a different universe where that's happening and that makes sense. But I, I do think that a change of it'll be something of a change of scenery. And with good opportunities, still playing quality opponents. I just hope we don't lose guys like Pope. And he, and there's no, there's no way we can even really like we, we don't have any sources telling us <laughs> who we might lose after this season or not. 
Yeah. Um, so there's still a lot of there's still a lot of basketball to be played in 2024 before the curtain officially closes on this season. And I don't know. I just think we maybe aren't. I think we haven't been like fully accused is such an ugly word, but it has been brought up that there we tend to maybe be homers on this podcast or just guys who drink a lot of orange Kool-Aid. And to that, I say Kool-Aid's fucking delicious. So why aren't you drinking more Kool-Aid? Yeah. And orange and, is cool. And orange is, and orange is the best flavor. It is the um, best flavor. And really, I think it's just, I, I'm interested in what, strategic moves actually exist in the plane of reality for Oregon State men's basketball right now. If you want to hire Tinkle, I'm not going to sit here and try and talk to you out of that. That's where you're at. I don't think the university can afford that. And I don't think the university should do that. Given that you Google Wayne Tinkle's buyout, there's maybe Bodie McBoatface or any of the other legal expertise listeners who we have who actually, ha- I don't know if you actually have a copy of Wayne Tinkle's contract or the agreement. That's stuff that I'm just like kind of compelled by always, like knowing what universities owe coaches for buyout, whatever. I don't think Oregon State is in any position to pay any individual any money to not coach at Oregon State and then also have to hire a coach to replace a coach they're already paying to not coach at Oregon yeah. State. I think that's And Laura a coach. And then, yeah. yeah, and you have to figure yeah. that out too. We've talked, I would, I'll, I want to go back and figure out. We talked, of the, I think we had a good conversation on if what an absolute like successful job for Scott Barnes would be. I think this was on like sort of the early age of realignment when things hadn't gotten so terrible, but we already knew USC and UCLA were leaving. And if it's just like, if you need to have one program be kind of like a sacrificial lamb at some point, you have to pick what program that's going to be. And maybe that's just men's basketball for Oregon state. And that's just the way the chips have fallen. I don't, I didn't say that, that that's like for sure the way it is, but it's just like kind of theory and a way to like, think about things like that was football at Kansas for 35 fucking years. And that fan base in that community still had a pretty enriched and fun existence with the culture of, of their men's basketball program supplemented by whatever other programs that just weren't football. So it just, it's a thing that happens at universities and I'm interested in having talks with people who don't agree with us or don't agree with me, whatever, but I'm just not, here for fire tinkle and bring in some mid-major guy like the hot mid-major name because one you're not getting the hot mid-major name those guys are holding out for like when the syracuse job opens or like the pit jobs opens or like someone who has a conference like we don't have a conference next year or beyond the wcc thing lined up so i'm here for all kinds of possibilities but fucking fire this guy because it's not working and bring in a hot name like just take the next step when you when you want to talk to me about why Oregon State should fire any coach of any program I mean I'm here to hear you I want to hear you out but like I want to hear something beyond just fire the the fucking guy yeah yeah yeah, it's not working I I want it's it's I want I want some I want to hear some creative thinking like what's a good solution because this has been a problem since Gary Payton 
Honestly, it has. It's been two NCAA yeah. tournament appearances since 1990. That's not acceptable. But also, but also, who brought those tournament appearances? Both were Wayne Tinkle. Yeah. And also, let's not Jay John, Jay John, Craig Robinson, and Wayne Tinkle were all hot, not you know, major conference names who came in to replace a disappointing head coach at Oregon State with the results that they've had. And I would say that Tinkle. T- Tinkles had the probably the more like, like shitty seasons, or like you said, two that were just like really like fucking awful. But that yeah. obviously gets off. Like if you would be like, hey, you could go to the NCAA tournament, especially when T- Tinkle came in, it's like, hey, you could go to the NCAA tournament twice, but you also have two five win seasons. We'd take that in a heartbeat. Yeah, we absolutely would. Any, and one no, of those is an elite eight. And one of those is like no <clears throat> Oregon, any Oregon State fan who said I want to take that after at the point where they fired Robinson for basically just being a CBI program is lying. Like you yeah. would take that for sure. We were, we would have done human sacrifice to get into the NCAA tournament at that point. So yeah. it's just it's a complicated situation. It's the program that's in a complex place. I want to give each of you one more opportunity to say one more thing on men's basketball before we move on. Yeah, I I think, you know, it it doesn't take a lot to fill Gill and winning does that. Right. And so we're going to have a hell of a lot more fun watching a 16, 17, 18 win team, even if we're playing in a conference, maybe that's not as prestigious as the Pac-12. We're going to win more games, and that's going to bring more people into Gill, and that's a snowball effect. So those people that want Coach Tinkle fired, I get it as well, but to a certain extent, I think some of what you're looking for is just a change. And I think to Terry's point where we've had a history of changing coaches without like much better results, a change to a conference can yield that. And a rocking gill is a place where players want to play. And that's why I say it's the snowball effect. So I think it's going to be a lot more fun next year where, you know, we'll win some games. The conference tournament's going to be really, really fun. And, and we have some serious chances, I think, to, to make the NCAA tournament these next two years playing. I don't want to say anything bad about the West Coast Conference, but the competition is not what the Pac-12 is. So we're not going to get like what Roberto blown said, out you, by... Yeah. If you can take it to a two-team league, to a four-team league, if Oregon State and Wazoo have that kind of power, which maybe they do, maybe they don't, but yeah. crazier shit has happened. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I don't have a ton to. I don't have a ton to say. I just because I feel like I'm gonna get in trouble one way or another with my perspective on this. But look, like we had, we've had some abysmal teams and programs and and coaching staffs. We were there for the tail end of one of them. We all celebrated the end of that era as soon as it happened. After we had lobbied for it for a while, we thought that there was change coming. With a new coach, there wasn't. It was just different new problems. And, and then Tinkle came in. And yes, it has not been all rosy and incredible and, and just, you know, dominance year in and year out. But we, we, we got two things that we would have prayed for when we were in school. 
And I know that's not the case for a lot of people who are listening to us who went to school in the 80s or early 90s. And this isn't... Or you know, if you're this in school right now. <laughs> yeah, but like, this isn't yeah. the status quo. But, like, man, we would have killed to have an NCAA tournament appearance. We would have killed for a NIT appearance. And yeah. not not to say that that's what we should settle for, but we would have killed for that. And then we get right. those. Not only do we get those, but we get one that has this insane Cinderella run to an Elite Eight. And and not an easy way to an Elite Eight. Like, literally beating... The media darlings or the media favorites all the way through the the, the number one draft pick of that <laughs> yeah. year, number one draft pick. So and the SEC. <laughs> that that was I mean I know that was years ago now and like I'm not trying to live in the past but what I'm trying to say is is like it it was never delivered. It hasn't been delivered for like 30 years plus. So we we've had it delivered. It's been great and 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 I think that that's you know something that we should all appreciate. And I'm not saying that. By appreciating it, I am ignoring the current struggles, but I I have to look back at history and decide, did we upgrade every single time we made a coaching change? Yes. Yes. Yep. Yes. I, I, that was what I, I wanted to say before we got out of here. I think there is marked improvement that you can chew on from Jay John to Craig Robinson to Wayne Tinkle. Yes. But, like, what are we yeah. improving from is my counterpoint. The bar it's a was fair low. counterpoint, yeah. Yeah. So – and again, not to be apologists, but like the, the the college basketball landscape has changed just as dramatically, but maybe a lot more quietly as college football with NIL, transfer portal, everything else. And we saw one hit us hard last year after Glenn Taylor Jr. had told the world pretty much he's 100% committed to coming back. And then he saw the check. And I don't blame him. But again, it's changed things, and 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 I credit where credits due. We all, all three of us, celebrated what Wayne Tinkle did in the portal after the Elite Eight run. Yeah, we we all did. We talked about the guys he got from Minnesota. We got talked about all the transfers he was bringing in, and we we asked people about them. Everyone says that this is a, these were big pickups. It was a COVID year that he couldn't go and watch these guys. And I think that that played, I think that that backfired bigger than it could ever really be fathomed and even seen now because we all know it didn't work, obviously. We all know it led to some incredibly terrible seasons, obviously. But I have a hard time hanging out all on the staff because we all celebrated what he was doing and I put it on the players returning the ones that were returning and the ones that transferred. And so oh, yeah. I just think, I just think that it's that one, we're not going to get rid of Wayne Tinkle because the buyout's crazy, but two, he might be and and I think is the best coach for this program right now. Yeah. I think it's as simple Who as else that. Are you gonna get? And, and throw out, throw out those bad years after the Lee eight, when he tried to load up for, a re, a, for to run it back mm-hmm. as an early adopter, in a sense to mass transfers, joining a team right, a team that right just in. went to the elite eight and just saying like let's just get back and do it again right like you gotta put a perspective like that like i mean yeah it was it was a terrible season and we haven't been great since but i i, I see there's promise with some of the talent on the team i see there's cohesion and i and i see that we can build on something we have the foundational pieces there so be patient yeah. Like I don't know what else. To well, ask I think I wonder if like think like that's just like fans are like oh well we're 
stuck because we can't fire tinkle so like i'm just gonna check out and oh maybe if, maybe if that's that might be part of it and i can't really blame anyone for for thinking that way either when you have back-to-back blowout losses on the road and you've always struggled on the road so yeah I, it's it's just a tough situation i mean this is gonna be a three-hour episode if we keep getting bogged down here yeah um because we do it wasn't a perfect weekend for Oregon State women's basketball, but it was a uh, hopeful weekend, a, a quality win, come from behind win against Cal in Berkeley on in the in the first game of the weekend, and then a uh, pretty pretty close game against Stanford. Who yeah, Stanford was going to win no matter what, just to give Tara Vanderveer her her flowers and by those flowers i mean the her 1203rd win making her the all-time winningest coach in the history of college basketball men's or women's congratulations coach vandermeer vanderveer vandermeer sorry um it's we're in minute 127 here congratulations to of coach, episode uh, 126 of episode 126 <laughs> and a Sam there is a great ceremony afterwards lots of alums and just even with Oregon State being on the short end of that it was it's just awesome to like see that kind of fanfare and that kind of party for women's basketball honestly it was a shame this game was on Pac-12 network because it would have been awesome just to get you know if it was on if it was on streaming people could watch it around the world but it wasn't so like nine people with pac-12 network could watch it It, we're not we're not talking about it we're not talking about we're talking about women's basketball we're talking about women's basketball no no this is about (laughs) the game i could not i could not get it to stream on my apple tv on the pac-12 now app it kept telling me that my browser was out of date and that I needed to upgrade the or upgrade the app. There was no upgrade update for the app in the app store. I'm not using a browser. It was my Apple TV, and it it happened across my. It actually happened on my phone, my laptop, and my Apple TVs. I eventually just had to go into the old school Xfinity and watch it on Pac-12. But yeah, I had this. I'll show. I I took a picture of it, man. I took a picture of it. So I was wondering, like. Is everyone gone in the network now? Like it look, can... <laughs> probably, but just no one works there. Cause that even showing up like clearly, I don't even know. Yeah. I can see it. But anyway, Oregon state women's basketball who are now 15 and three are ranked finally in the top 25, which we've Thank been begging you. for. They gave Stanford everything that they had. I'm in a losing effort again. Congratulations to Coach Vandermeer and the Stanford Cardinal. But we are more interested in the Oregon State women's basketball team getting going one on one on a trip to the Bay Area is no slouch. And after being a team that's been uh, receiving votes in the poll for several weeks, it is very exciting to see them now. With those magical little numbers in next to their next to their name, and uh, shouts to Scott Ruick and to everything that Oregon State women's basketball has been doing this season, because I think this was a big one. Because they're they 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 faced some adversity in that win against Cal. They were down in in that fourth quarter, and of course Stanford, even without Cameron Brink, that's arguably the best team in college basketball so they really showed that 
they are a contender. They are a tournament team at the very least. Yep. And Reagan Beers is a national star. Wow. Yeah. She should be. People should know her name. Yeah. She had a great game against Stanford and has kept uh, kept the score in the just sh- shooting at an all-time high and is just unstoppable. And I think the best thing for this team, we know we are looking forward to some home cooking for the men's team. We're getting some for the women's team too. This is yeah. going to be a weekend to be in Corvallis for hoops. JP, you should be driving down. Benny, you should get kick the COVID bug and then drive down. Uh, I don't know <laughs> if you actually will. But also, in addition to the men hosting the Arizona schools this weekend, Friday night, Oregon State women's basketball hosts Colorado. And then on Sunday night, they host Utah. They should be the favorite. Sunday at noon. Utah. Sunday noon, sorry, Sunday yep. noon against Utah. Colorado has a fucking squad this year too. Yeah. Um, and Utah does as well. But they should be winning these games. And they may not be favored against Colorado, but they should be the favorite against Utah. We don't lose it, Gil. And we need Beaver Nation to show up, to fill Gil, to be loud, show up and show out. And this, these two games are pretty big opportunities for the Oregon State women's basketball team. And I think this last week, as we go forward through the rest of the season, this weekend in the Bay, we'll feel, start to feel more like two wins rather than one win and one loss, given everything that was at stake for Stanford and just given how good of a team Stanford is. Yeah, I agree. And I think that this, that the, the Cal game is going to be the bigger turning point for this season, uh, given that I it let the it let the players kind of flex their muscles a bit with not being able to really hold the lead in in the second quarter and at halftime, <laughs> having work to do as the uh, as the X account had said for the women's basketball program at the end of the third, and wow, I mean. They just dominated that fourth quarter. It was not a great game, really, for any of the starters. And I'll and I'll say that with an asterisk next to Reagan's name. Because she had a great game, but they were putting her on the line. And, and she obviously would probably admit that it was beyond maybe her worst free throw shooting game of probably her career. I'm not talking college career. I'm talking maybe ever. 312 from the free throw line against Cal, but still with the 19 points. And I had hoped to see a turnaround with that against Stanford, carrying the momentum, using that as like a little bit of a rubber band effect. Like, all right, we were down and out. We swung ourselves back in front. We went from eighth place to first place in Mario Kart, right? Like, that's how that works. And then hoping that Reagan would have a repeat performance. And when it comes to field goals and shots and really all around dominance, she did It almost like identical stat line, but the spot that I felt like she was a little bit hesitant to get involved with until the second half was getting to the line. And then she got to the line on two and ones and sunk both free throws, but maybe just a little too late. If we can combine her efforts to both those games, man, we would be anyone, even Stanford. It would it would make this game not be even something we'd celebrate because we were going to look back and say, man, 
if we had this kind of dominant Reagan beers tonight, it would be a different story. But I get I get the sentiment. I agree that yes, it was it was a tall task given everything that Stanford had on the line. But yeah, I mean, I don't know if there's if there's an, any argument that Reagan is setting herself up to be Pac-12 Player of the Year and should be yeah. uh, in line for a lot of national recognition as well. Agreed. I I think this season has been so played out as expected. It's almost weird. Every <laughs> game that we should have won, we have won. And, and those games that we were probably not supposed to win, we haven't, but we've gotten really close. And it feels like once we break through with one of these games, the floodgates could open and we have a great chance to do that this weekend, right? With with Colorado being our first matchup and Utah being our second. I don't Colorado's know if you ranked this. number three, by the way. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's it. And, and Utah's <laughs> ranked number sixteen. So two, you know, high profile national nationally schools that are are going to be coming to Gill. And on it, like Oregon State's kind of high profile now. They're in the top twenty five. So um, <laughs> those are two really really good matchups. I think that. All it takes is is winning one of these, and the floodgates could open. So that the Colorado game is really really important in my eyes because if you beat yeah. Colorado, not saying that Utah is in becomes an easier good. matchup, but you like you said we should we should expect to win that game against Utah. Yeah. Um, if we can knock off Colorado not and beat Utah, then we have Oregon. It's a rivalry game, so you never know what happens. But we're certainly talent-wise a lot better and, and better coach, and record-wise, um, and, and, and record-wise. And then you're sitting everything-wise. If, if that <laughs> happens, wise education-wise, <laughs> yeah, people-wise, color-wise, logo-wise, pod- podcast-wise, podcast-wise, <laughs> wise-wise, yeah, wise-wise for sure. Then you're sitting at eighteen and three, and you're, if I'm not mistaken, you're seven and three in uh, not arguably the best conference in the country. Seven and three. Con- in the best- it's the best conference. How fucking annoying is this? Yeah. There's the best conference in the country in football. I, I know Michigan won the title, but whatever. Top to bottom is the best conference in the country in football. It's the best conference in the country in women's basketball. It's probably going to be the best conference in the country in baseball. It was a great country in men's soccer. It's a, always a great con- conference in women's soccer. Best I don't know if I'm country in all of collegiate men's soccer. Best country, best <laughs> conference, whatever. USA. Pac-12. Yeah, God, God bless the Pac-12 and God bless America. Just good yeah. lord, you. It, this is all six, just re- six, reaffirmation that this is all so fucking stupid. It doesn't yeah. serve the fan at all, and let alone the athletes. Sorry, sorry, Benny, you're making a great point. And I six, six of our next seven games are against top twenty-five schools. So this is really the stretch of the season. That I mean, there's no stretch of the season that's easy, but this is. Gotta make the hard stretch of the season, and you have to go into these next seven games and and, and not falter. I mean, you you expect they're not going to win all of them, but you need to come out at the other end having knocked some teams off that people didn't expect you to to beat. Starting again with Colorado on Friday, so 
I, I really hope that people show up and show out. This women's team is really special. It has a lot of really special players on it. And I do think that, you know, this is one that comes selection Sunday. We're we're gonna be watching, not hoping we get in, but just wondering what seed we're going to be. And and that's just really exciting to think about. So I'm gonna yeah. say we beat Colorado. Yep. Yeah. We haven't done predi- prediction segments this whole season for anything other than football, but I'm just gonna off the the off the cuff. We beat Colorado with a AJ Marat three at the buzzer. Damn. Mm. Well, you know, I'm going to say we beat Colorado. 42 to 14 in a very weird game. And Reagan gets 43 points. Yeah. It's been unheard of and never matched. What if if Reagan gets 42 points and 14 rebounds? That that qualifies for the timeline. Yeah. Oh, okay. 42. Uh, the full we hate in the, 42 in the box. And for, 42 and 14. Good yeah. lord. <laughs> All right. Wow. I'm into that. I'm into that. Yeah, I think I think we could beat Colorado, but I'm going to say that. Uh... If we, I just want us to go one on one. I want us to, I want another split. Another split this weekend shows that you're fucking for real. But I want it to me, kinda... a, a, me a bucket, a little turnaround finger roll off the glass at the buzzer. Okay. And Benny has <laughs> so beating Colorado by like 42 to 14 with Reagan Beer scoring 43 eight, points. Eight, 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 unheard points. of since it happened. <laughs> I really I, I hear it. the the split I think is a realistic expectation. But fuck you want to get both of these because then once You're, you play Oregon, you turn back around and you play I, Utah wait, wait, and Colorado again. in the mountains. Yeah. I think if it's we for sure have to record Sunday night if they beat Utah Sunday afternoon. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm done. Like that 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 has to be like almost an emergency episode, especially if it's a split. So we might we might have a, uh, a, a another interview, but yeah, still. <laughs> this is this is the part of the podcast where we plan future podcasts. Anyway, Benny's yawning. <laughs> so tired. It, it's late, and we've been on it for a while. So we are going to call it a show. What a great, sh- what a great episode! This is a great show. We just did. Hey, but I got a shout out. Sarah Hennigan is named by ba- Softball America number eighty-seven in the top one hundred upcoming season. Let's go! Hell yeah! For Kiki Hell Eskimar yeah, as well. So let's oh, go. Kiki back this year. Kiki yeah. back. Can we make Kiki well, back? Why Sarah back? <laughs> And Sarah played last year. Kiki did no. not. Well, I mean, yeah, but Sarah got hurt and then it was done. I know Sarah got hurt last year too. I, whatever. Everyone yeah. back. Sarah back. Kiki back. Everyone back. back. Berg back. We're back. I need to go lay on my back. <laughs> my back back. It's, it's almost midnight central time. I know oh. we had that conversation last week about how you guys were so confused about what central was as as youths, youths Comedy in, Central. in Portland and I in just the fly Bay over the Central Time. Oh, just kidding, just kidding. Uh, okay. I love Minneapolis. I watch Your it on Comedy Central. In Iowa. Your family yeah. lives in in Iowa. You fly to Iowa. No, no, I fly, <laughs> I fly to Denver and then to Texas and then to Iowa, <laughs> or then to Minneapolis and drive. No, you down should to fly, Iowa. fly direct to Minneapolis and drive down to Iowa. I will always do that with you. Yeah, going forward, yeah. let's remember that. 
I don't think Iowa has airplanes yet. Not yet. No, they don't allow it. Not have you seen Twister? Have you seen Twister, dude? Helen Hunt, <laughs> dude. <laughs> it's too, it's too dangerous to fly planes in Iowa. The the the, the set of Twister, they're the tw- the tornadoes are just pulling up cows and shit. What do you think it'd do to an airplane? Man, I watched that movie when I was a kid. I was Spin like, it. holy, oh, I never. I'll say I watched on the that West movie Coast. as a kid, and I said, I'm never going to Iowa. <laughs> and then four <laughs> years later, Betty's parents were like, we're moving to Iowa. <laughs> and you're like, haven't you seen Twister? A tornado dog? hit their town last year. Oh, man. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Dang. It does happen. And a tornado is now hitting the show, so we have to end it. This has been the 126th episode of the Belligerent Beast podcast. Wow. Reader, if you're a listener, reader, listener, friend. What are you reading, homie? Listener. Yeah, the people could be reading the transcripts of this episode. You know, oh, yeah. we, we have. Guess you're right. The hearing impaired. This belligerent beeves is for those people too, JP. Um, I'm just wondering what so they're if reading. You are enjoy- if you are enjoying this uh, show via transcript, please, please let us know and we'll give you a shout out, a uh, written shout out. Thank you for, for sticking with us this long, this episode. You are a real one. You are an A1 from day one. If you are still listening at this point in the episode, thank you to Roberto Nelson. Yeah, shout out to Roberto. One more time, and more and more, cheers to Joshua Joshua Gray for coming back for one more season. God damn, that news just makes me so happy. I'm so happy about Joshua Gray. All day, Gray, baby. Let's go. And and congrats on getting engaged. And congrats on getting engaged. But mainly, congrats on coming back to play for our favorite football team, but also getting engaged. But mainly, beef for football. (laughs) I'm just kidding. It's all good. Thank you so much to everyone in the Beaver fam for sticking with us and for holding us down. Everyone who's been ordering gear on belligerentbeavescom slash merch. And we promise we've got more baseball and softball coverage coming up in the coming weeks. We are just over three short weeks away from baseball softball season starting. So this Mm -hmm. is going to be fun. We are locked and loaded and stacked for this spring. So it is going to be a great spring season under the sun once again for Oregon State Athletics. My name is Terry Horseman at Terry Horseman on Twitter at Terrence Horseman on Instagram.com. Joined as I always am by my beloved co-host JP Bertram. The ones and twos from his dope studio in Portland, Oregon. He is at JP Bertram on Instagram and at the Trill J on Twitter. That's at the underscore Trill underscore J because he's too Trill to be real. And joining us from Tacoma, Benjamin Lawrence, Sebastian Weehage. He's Benny with the good quaff, aka Benny Burner, aka Benny Bull Game, aka Benny Blastoff, aka Benny Bedlam because he's fucking crazy folks and aka at benny l 1986 on the social media channels and that was a big ass yawn benny (laughs) which can only mean why we we are seconds away from ending the show and follow us at blidge beeves on 
X, formerly known as Twitter, at Belligerent Beeves on Instagram, at Belligerent Beeves on Facebook, at Belligerent Beeves on Blue Sky, at Belligerent Beeves on YouTube, 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 and TikTok, and MySpace, Friendster. I don't know. Anywhere uh, Max is posting our videos. Nap, Napster? Yeah. Are we on Napster? DC plus plus D yeah. for sure on DC plus plus. Uh, you can find our episodes on DC plus plus. On playing Call of Duty online with Roberto Nelson. <laughs> on playing on FIFA online with Roberto Nelson. On, oh yeah. Uh, burnt the, CDs that Benny and I made in 2011 and then sent to Roberto Nelson with that did not get returned. Anyway, <laughs> um, we're on everything. Just. Search belligerent bees. This would be a great time to give us a five star review because we just recorded for five hours. Five hours. One five, hour per five star. star. Five hours. Benny's about to die, dude. We're almost there. God, We're almost die. there, buddy. You're I'm good. Like, please don't die. And please share the show with a friend. And as you do that, also remember. No matter what, no matter what happens, no matter how many basketball games we lose or how many basketball games we win or how high we go in the rankings or how forgotten we are by the brain-dead suits who are calling the shots, no matter what, no matter how tired Benny gets, you still cannot spell chop him without hope. So chop him. Chop him. Chop him. Beeves back, baby. And I'm not going to die, but if I do... Call Joshua Grange Dinner.